Hey there, good morning and welcome to a very special car episode of The Honest Teacher. So, I am recording this uh, on a very rainy morning in October on my way to school, which is when I do a lot of my recording. I think if you've listened to my, this little bitty baby cop podcast more than a handful of times, you know, most of all my recordings are done in the process of heading to work. Um, and I do that so that, you know, if you want to listen to this, you can do it in a 15 minute time block. You don't have to punch out a 30, 30, 50 minute span of time to listen to me ramble, which is great. So I'll just get right to it. Um, the topic on my mind today is might be specifically for special education um i don't know um but if you are a gen ed teacher and you are hearing my voice maybe you're experiencing this as well so um i'm actually leaving about 20 minutes earlier than i normally do because i am being evaluated today this is the third uh third opportunity that my supervisor has to come see me because we keep having to cancel uh, first time she had a scheduling mishap. Uh, the second time was due to this fucking crazy ass student situation that I discussed recently. So today is the makeup of the makeup. So I'm a little, little excited about that. So I, you know, my kids are off school today, so they don't have to get up early. I don't have to help them. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just head off early. Um, and then. So it got me thinking about how I'm going to do this lesson and I kind of landed on a struggle that I know my second grade special ed students are having and what I've kind of again landed on was that I think I'm recognizing that they have learned in their very young academic career that they do not have to struggle. I think what I'm seeing is that anytime in class where they're asked to generate something on their own, so I'm thinking of that uh, hierarchy of thinking, that very, those top couple rungs where um, the kids are having to make their own stuff or change it, my students have zero ability to do that. And it's as something as simple as if I were to say the dog is walking to the tree. And if that's what the sentence says, if I say, okay, guys, why do you think the dog is walking to the tree? Stairs. Just fucking stairs. And it's frustrating because these are still very young children. Um, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. And their imagination is nil. And I watched them struggle in class. And I, <laughs> several years ago, I led my class in flexible thinking. And they were middle schoolers, so it was a, it's a little abstract of a strategy. And you know, that whole, you, you have to grow. It's a growth mindset. It's very, uh, very popular, very commonplace now mindset for a teacher. And it worked great. And you know, I think maybe, okay, okay, um, I digress. So, 
what I see with these kids is they have a very fixed mindset that they are going to struggle with a thing. And when they struggle with the thing, because they are special ed, the risk is that if they, and it's not just special ed, these are the highest needs students in our area where it's not just when they struggle, they can get okay. When they struggle, they tend to have breakdowns and meltdowns. I mean, they throw shit. So the adults have developed a knee jerk reaction to when they see the kids struggling, they immediately give them either the answer or part of the answer so that the student doesn't have to think about it. And these kids have never been forced to be creative. And it's a shame because for a teacher like myself that expects a lot from the kids, I want them to go above that first rung of Maslow's. I want them to go above just simple recall and so you know and when you when you watch the kids in the classroom it's not just when they're generating their own ideas it's if they see a word they don't know but they understand phonics because we teach phonics every day they understand how letters work they understand how blends work but if they don't recognize a word they want to immediately either guess an entirely inappropriate word or they want to wait and if they just stare at an adult the adult will eventually give them the answer and um, when when I do centers based learning I notice that when the children are with my assistants the assistants will more than often do that they will just give them the answer so if we're doing a reading passage and the passage is that, I don't know, fucking George Washington uh, fucking made breakfast one morning. And there's a comprehension question. And the question is, what did George Washington make for fucking breakfast? The aides won't even wait for the kids to search for the answer. They will just say, you remember, he made bacon and eggs. And they go, oh yeah, bacon and eggs. And then they'll wait. And then they'll wait for the adult to say, Okay, write down bacon and eggs. Okay. And then they'll wait. And then they'll wait for you adult to write it on a board for them. Okay. And then they'll wait. And then they'll wait for the adult to actually start writing the sentence for them. And they go, okay. And then if you ask them, hey, we just did all this together, which they didn't. The adult did it for them. Hey, what did George Washington eat for breakfast? I don't know. And it's just, I, I want to fucking scream because you have adults doing all the work. The kids are not learning anything. And it's incredibly frustrating. So now that now that a problem's been identified, what the fuck do I do? And it's it's sad for me because these are like I said, these are children. These are babies and they should be full of imagination and these children spend a fuckload of time on iPads and video games and on the internet and so they're in an imaginary world but they're only finding and using things that tell them what they should do they're in this imaginary world but they are not using their imagination and so 
my issue is what do I do? And I think I am coming to there has to be play. And this is definitely not a new idea. I am definitely not some sort of a fucking mage here. People have been screaming, fucking naturalists have been screaming for 50 fucking years to let the kids play. And one thing that separates my classroom from a lot of other classrooms is it doesn't really look like a classroom. I have a lot of flexible seating. I have a few desks for my bigger kids that may be uncomfortable sitting on the floor. But other than that, it doesn't look like a fucking classroom. And so if I'm going to keep going that route, I should look at how I teach to be different as well. And so my thought process here, and I have to suss it out. Maybe I'll talk to my administrator today to kind of kiss her ass a little bit for my evaluation. My thought process here is if I want the kids to use their imagination, if I want the kids to be creative, if I want the kids to do this stuff and work, if I give them natural play, if I give them Play-Doh, if I give them Legos, if I give them Lincoln Logs, which by the way, I have all this shit in my classroom. If I give them, I don't even fucking know, more hands-on shit, fucking dolls, that I can have them say, okay, now is the time for you to be creative. I want you to make a thing. And I want you to tell me about this thing. And then create a story around this thing. You know, if I can fucking ignite that, that little click of passion in them in play, certainly that will carry over to academics. I have to believe that that is something that we can do as a classroom. Now, I'm no fucking Pollyanna. I know if I start this, I'm looking at six weeks minimum before I start really seeing dividends. But I'm already doing it a little bit. I, I have always believed and I've always followed the thinking that when you have new vocabulary words, you have to teach them. You have to pre-teach the vocabulary words before you have the kids test them. And one way I do that is I either found or made or a combination of the two a, a graphic organizer called a Foursquare where the kids have the vocab word that I give them in the center. It's on a uh, 8 by 11 sheet of paper turned landscape. And so in the middle, there's an oval. This, the fucking paper is broken up into four rectangles. And in the middle of the sheet, there's an oval. And in that oval goes the vocabulary word. And then in one of the rectangles, I guess maybe they're squares. I don't fucking know. I mean, it's called four squares. They're called fucking four rectangles. But anyway, so on the four fucking rectangle, on one of them, they have to write the definition. In another one, they have to use the definition in a, the word in a sentence. In another one, they have to draw a picture of the word. And I'm letting these kids draw a picture of the sentence they create. And then in the last one, what the fuck am I having them do now? I changed it. Um, I don't remember what the last one is. Because here's the thing. I've used this same sheet now for the last 10 years. And it's been primarily for middle schoolers. And I had them doing uh, antonym and synonym. And the middle schoolers, they could fight their way through it, but it was hard. These kids, it's really difficult. So if I want to get them, if I want them to get it done, 
I have to just say fuck it and not do that part. Um, so what I noticed is that the oh yeah the last one is the kids have to tell me what page they find the word on and what page in the glossary because these kids have never had to fucking look in a glossary. They didn't know where the glossary was, and so I'm teaching them those skills. And what I found was that when I first started doing this, um, boy, they were completely unable to use it in a use a vocab word in a sentence. And then I caught the aides giving them the fucking vocab words in their sentences. But as they moved, as they moved on, this is the first week we've done it. They've did, they've done 11 words between social studies and science. They started to kind of improve a little bit. And because I'm already seeing 1% growth, I feel I can hook my, get my hooks in there and yank them towards the direction I want them to go. And I think I can do this. And again, I'm not certain how, but I think having active play is really going to encourage them. Um, I don't know if this, maybe, you know, I have a 30 minute block before lunch. Maybe I bring it in during that time where after it's right after science, say, okay guys, we're going to, um, get out. We're going to get out our active play materials. And that is when they have to tell me a story, um, in language arts for writing. One thing I love doing is I love showing the kids a picture and then we say, let's write a story about this one picture and making them go above what they see. So they see a picture of a fucking dog. I'm like, oh, let's write a story about this dog. It's a dog. I'm like, yep, it's a dog. It's a black and white dog. That's true. What's the black and white dog doing? And I swear to fuck, they say, it's being a dog. I'm like, no, what's it doing? No, it's, it's smiling. Okay, great. The dog is smiling. The next sentence. Why is the dog smiling? It's a dog. Like, no. What is the dog doing? Why would the dog be smiling? And so I see they completely struggle with going above the facts. And I know this creativity is a struggle for kids with autism because they, they want to stay in the black and white. They want to stay um, just with the facts. But in this world we live in, we can't let them do that. I was really frustrated when I had middle schoolers and I had to teach this to middle schoolers. Um, I now have the opportunity to teach this to second, third, and fourth graders before they go to the middle school program. I can make them get to this point three years sooner. I just realized that because I just, uh, before I hopped in the car, I messaged my counterpart at the middle school and I asked her if she's seen the same thing. And she says that, yeah, she had, she just gave her middle schoolers a, uh, a word search. So it's just a fucking word search. And it was designed for fifth graders, but it fit the topic she was doing. And she said a couple of her seventh graders were fucking crying because they struggled with finding the words. And what you know, the aides would come along and just give them the fucking answers. So this is a an issue that is endemic. It's a very serious issue, a very serious thing that we have to overcome 
that we as educators have to understand that we can do better for the students. And I, you know, I firmly believe once you identify a problem, you then must identify an answer. You are, you are, it is expected of you to at least think about how to solve the problem. So I pulled up to the school. Um, it's been 16 minutes. It's been about the time I take. So this is my goal right now. And it's really fucking crazy to have to flip this paradigm like I'm thinking about doing, but it's something that I have to do. So I hope you've listened. I hope you hope it made you think a little bit. So get out there, kick some ass and keep doing what you do.